Welcome to the Wellness Journey Podcast from the St. John Vianney Center. I'm Kristen Lincoln-Elsey, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to journey with you and to hopefully provide you with the information that will help inform and inspire you. Our podcasts are aimed at keeping you healthy in mind, body, and spirit. This is podcast number 42, and the title is Clergy in Recovery. September is National Recovery Month, and today we wanted to focus on clergy in recovery. With me today is Deacon Dan Giblin. A little about Deacon Dan. He serves as a member of the Spiritual Care Department for St. John Vianney Center, meeting with residents to discuss the spiritual aspects of their lives and ministry. Deacon Dan is a certified recovery specialist. He completed his addiction studies at Villanova University and has been active in the addiction recovery field since 1984. Deacon Dan, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Kristen. So you've been uh, at St. John's for five years now. Tell us what brought you to us. Well, about five years ago, I was finishing up my corporate career and um, working in the addictions field um, on a part-time basis. I was doing some studies of uh, spiritual direction and directing a few people. And this opportunity at St. John's came along that really seemed to dovetail all of those activities. It allowed me to use my experience in recovery, uh, as spiritual direction, um, and certainly working with clergy. So it seemed like the perfect fit, and um, I couldn't be happier that I made the move. How is working with clergy and their addictions different from working with the lady? In some ways, um, there's no difference because uh, it just comes down to humanity um, and our needs, how we um, deal with pain, how we self-medicate, um, the needs we have, the history we have. Uh, but there are unique challenges for clergy. There's the, the unique lifestyle that they lead. Uh, so many today are uh, live alone, and uh, the amount of isolation in their life is uh, is increasing. Um, we went through COVID uh, here and we saw uh, COVID affect most of the cases of, that came in with addictions. It just seemed to exacerbate um, anybody that had an issue with a substance or a process uh, addiction. Um, so in that regard, um, the clergy differ somewhat from laity. Um, also, there's a system of enablement. Um, that we see in um, parishes sometimes where staff, uh, meaning well, want to um, assist the clergy of the parish um, in their, their jobs, but end up uh, enabling them by covering up, uh, making excuses, uh, or really making it easier for their addiction to continue uh, or to remain hidden. Um, so systems of enablement like that uh, somewhat differ than the uh, than the family systems of enablement. September, as I said earlier, is a national recovery month, and the issues of addiction and recovery seem to be growing in our world. Uh, do you feel that's an accurate observation? I do. Uh, we've first we've come a long way from that we have a month to acknowledge recovery. Uh, when I got started in uh, recovery 39 years ago, 
it was um, there was still quite a stigma attached to it, where you, we didn't share information like uh, addiction and recovery as freely as we do today. And it was through the efforts of um, Betty Ford uh, and opening the Betty Ford Center and a lot of other people going public that um, enabled the first steps uh, of removing that stigma uh, to take place. So now we're certainly in a much better place now that we can actually have a, a month dedicated to the uh, the works of recovery, to the availability of it, to the hope that's available, present through uh, through recovery, and all the success stories that we have of, of people that have uh, achieved recovery. On the opposite side, the um, incidence of addiction seem to increase. Um, Certainly the number of people that are addicted to from alcohol to drugs uh, continues to rise. The opioid crisis um, remains um, and other uh, process addictions and behavioral addictions um, seem new ones seem to come up every day. Um, the legalization certainly of gambling um, kind of fueled the, the gambling addiction. Um, and it, it reminds me of the old story of uh, when an old a heroin dealer would try to get somebody hooked on heroin, they would give them the first shot for free. And um, and every night I see commercials for casinos uh, offering them to the customer to use their app and the first $500 is free. And for a lot of people, that first free offer um, engages the brain chemistry that really kicks off the addictive force if one is kind of predisposed to that. So um, so addiction uh, is going to continue and the substances or, and the things that people get addicted to are going to continue because when you come right down to it, it's not about the pro the uh, substance, but it's about the brain chemistry that's uh, initiated uh, by the person using or experiencing the uh, the process. How do you feel the legalization of marijuana contributes to the problem of addiction? Well, it will certainly contribute to it. We'll certainly see more, and we already have seen people that have come in, and their uh, drug of choice uh, is marijuana. The uh, addiction looks quite different from, uh, say, compared to alcohol addiction or opioid addiction or gambling addiction, but it certainly meets the criteria of uh, tolerance and, and withdrawal and a dependence upon the substance, the need to self-medicate, uh, the need to modify one's mood um, continues. So it certainly has all the, the potential there and is, is having a negative impact. So by our society saying it's now legal and that it seems to be a um, remedy for pain uh, across the board, um, it, and it almost encourages people to use it as a, uh, a new um, pain reliever if other ones have failed them. Deacon Dan, how do you define recovery? Well, it's not just the absence of whatever the person was addicted to. Um, so it, it's it's not if a person is has a problem with alcohol, um, recovery is not that they're just not drinking um, because the the substance, um, as the, the wisdom of AA has taught people for years. It, the problem is not the substance itself, and it's but a symptom of another underlying disorder. Um, so recovery doesn't start by just the substance or the, the behavior of stopping. 
it, it really starts with a change in the person. Um, it, it's referred sometimes as a psychic change, a change in priorities, a change in behavior, uh, a change in uh, self-worth, a change in their uh, their outlook on the world. Um, there used to be a, an old line that old timers would tell people, oh, there's only one thing you have to change when you come into recovery, and that's everything. Because uh, in some ways, everything does change. And and the, if so, someone is using the 12 steps to achieve their sobriety, um, the 12 steps are a, a program of change, uh, a program of growth out of self, um, that the person can't help but be different after they're having worked the 12 steps. And it's really uh, the best weapon against returning to a life of addiction is um is, is a change fundamental change um with the person who did was addicted why do you feel some people stay abstinent from their addiction and some do not some of that's a, a mystery um because it, at its its core i think a lot of people in recovery will still regard their recovery as a gift uh, many will regard it as a gift from god that they got sober uh and other people didn't um so some of it is a gift why some aren't able to maintain it i really don't have the definite answer uh we can say that the, there's there are many suggestions if if for people to enter into and remain in recovery and um those suggestions usually are that participation active participation in some kind of recovery activity uh namely 12 steps uh, or some other fellowship, um, and if not the 12 steps, and some other program that's going to keep their uh, sobriety, their recovery as a priority in their life. And it's also going to remove things that would be detrimental to that um, that recovery. Um, and really, it's a it's a daily program. It's one day at a time, as the old slogan goes. Um, they accomplish it one day at a time. Um, but it is a lifelong dedication to any return to their substance, their drug of choice, um, will pick up the addiction, not just where they left off, but almost as if they had never stopped. And, uh, and all substances um, have the potential to be deadly. Um, somebody does not have to die from um, cirrhosis to be to die from alcohol. Uh, unfortunately, just one night of a slip or a relapse uh, can result in, in uh, the death of the, of the car accidents, through um, shootings, through all types of incidents. Um, so the power and the potential for uh, for harm is, is always there. Um, and uh, so we don't minimize relapses when they occur, but we also don't blame the patient. It is a, addiction at its core is a disease. Uh, it's not one that people pick to have. Um, it's not a moral failing. Um, it is a disease that is uh, diagnosable, uh, is treatable, um, and it, one can enter remission a la recovery um, and lead a very productive and, and happy life. Speaking of recovery, um, is there one way for Catholics that is preferable to pursue? Yeah, you know, I get asked this question a lot in the parish. Um people think that uh, we must have a Catholic version of uh, AA out there somewhere or some of the 12-step programs. Um, and uh, the short answer is no. Um, the, 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 the advice that I would give, and I think most people in the field would give, is um, 
there are programs that are proven through um, over the decades that are proven to help people the best to achieve sobriety and recovery. And those are tried and true. And they uh, they are spiritually based, but they in no way conflict with Catholic teachings or beliefs. Um, the There are uh, other programs that are... Uh, for people in recovery that are not to replace um, the 12-step programs, but are kind of uh, adjuncts or add-ons to their recovery so they can express their Catholic faith. Uh, the organization Calix uh, comes to mind, which was started specifically for that purpose to allow Catholics who were in recovery in AA to be able to gather together and um, uh, have mass, have Catholic devotions, um, have fellowship, and then be able to share amongst each other in their experience with recovery in the language of their faith, uh, which they didn't have the opportunity to do in the 12 step fellowships. So there, there's not a, you know, quote unquote Catholic way um, to enter recovery, but there's a lot of resources out there for people of faith to enhance their faith, um, you know, through recovery and through these other programs. If there was someone listening who has a concern about the use of a substance or behavior in their life, what advice would you have for them? Well, I'd first say that um, the, the fact that they have a thought or a concern is important. Um, many people don't sit around wondering if they have a problem. Um, it, it's, that concern has come from someplace and that shouldn't be ignored. And, and one of the um, symptoms of the disease is, is denial. So it's easy to have that thought and then quickly push it out of your mind because you don't want it. You want to deal with the fact that uh, you may have a, a problem. Um, the, uh, the downside of that is one of the other trademarks of addiction is progression. So that over time, um, one's dysfunctional relationship with a substance or a process addiction only gets worse. Um, and the velocity of change, you know, differs from person to person, but it will certainly get worse over time. Um, then people start to um, have difficulty with the words that we use to describe people with addictions, such as alcoholic or addict, and that, that kind of resistance is, is to be expected. Um, the man who taught me about the 12 steps, Father Joe Martin, used to always say, if, if it causes a problem, it is a problem. And it, it doesn't get much simpler than that. If there's something in your life that's causing a problem, whether it be alcohol, drugs, pornography, then it is a problem. And if you have that concern, if you have that thought that it may be a problem, it's a problem. And, and then it's incumbent on you just to reach out through the many resources that are for, for help. Uh, certainly St. John's is, is a resource and there are many resources in the community for the laity um, for recovery and for treatment. So um, if you have the thought, um, I think that's God's way of saying, take some action. Well said. Thank you, Deacon Dan. Um, thank you for sharing with us today. And I would like to wish continued wellness to all those listening. Thank you, Chrissy. You've been listening to the Wellness Journey podcast from the St. John Vianney Center. I hope today's podcast, Clergy in Recovery, proves useful to you. You can find all of our podcasts and additional resources for clergy, 
and religious on our website at sjvcenter.org. Click on resources. We are companions on your journey to stay healthy in mind, body, and spirit. We are the St. John Vianney Center, and our mission is you.